Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you uh, live at Rogers Place. You can text us on our Westlock Ford text line. And I'm going to read a couple texts just before we get to Craig Simpson. Here we go. Again, Texas at 6.30, Uh Where did this text, how, how about that? It recalibrates on the fly. Nothing worse than uh, me trying to explain what happened here. Uh, Kevin Lowe was the last great general manager the Edmonton Oilers had. This text comes in to say, he won most of his trades and his teams almost always were competitive. Again, that text comes to us at 6.30, 6.30 out of uh, Edmonton. Uh, Kevin Lowe's passion for winning and being an oiler has never been in question. His demise as a, sec- a second texter was his working relationship with other GMs, not just with Burke. I, I, don't, I don't know about that, but uh, there, there, put it this way. There could be a strong... We were talking about Steve Stales and the acquisition of players like that, and it's my belief moving forward for the Oilers to improve... They maybe don't have to do something big and sexy. Maybe they just have to be understated, and maybe there's a, a lesson in, in how they had to kind of operate before. So on that note, let's bring aboard on our River Cree Resort Casino hotline, Craig Simpson, because you were part of the staff at that time. It was a very different world for the Edmonton Oilers, wasn't it, pre-lockout, and the fact that the Oilers didn't have the ability to go chase those big wheels in free agency, Craig, did they? No, I, there's no question that the level playing field, uh, I, I think back to games where you'd play uh, Colorado or Detroit back in those times. And, you know, think of even what the topic is now, uh, what, 72 range. They had 88 and $90 million payrolls back then. And uh, we, I'm sure at that point, were down in the 20, 21. So, you know, there was a big discrepancy. There wasn't that level playing field. But there's no question out of the lockout when you you added Pronger, the the influence that Pronger had, uh, even Mike Pekka, who didn't play probably his best, but he was another key component player. And I just think it changed the way um, the, the team reacted. You have to have that kind of star player that can be a glue that holds the group together but as you were just mentioning and Steve was a big part too you have to have all kinds of role players who buy into the uh, the mentality of how you have to be as a person as a teammate as a player uh, the work ethic you need and also then you know play those roles significantly and that journey took a little while, but by the end of that season, uh, you know, obviously things would be looked upon very differently had we were had we been able to win that game seven and have a six championship. And you know, obviously the Pronger thing was totally out of Kevin or Craig's control. It was more of a personal thing. Uh, had that not even happened, I think even the team going further. Uh, would have been able to grow and build with with Chris as the uh, center point there. 
Well, I don't think there's any question between Mark Messier and Connor McDavid. Chris Pronger was the best player in Edmonton. Uh, Though Taylor Hall did have a couple pretty good years, and he could win the heart. We'll get to that later. Craig Simpson joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Um, I do believe that it's tough to import culture, and I think that an underrated aspect of it is Jason Smith emerged on that group as as a real good leader. Like, he established himself as an NHL player in Edmonton on a full-time basis, and I don't think he ever got the credit that was deserved for the leadership that he showed, Craig. No, and I think the difficulty for a player like Jason uh, was being captain in that kind of role is, uh, you know, at times challenging. You can say all you want. You can be a great example all you want. But when you're not a dominant player on the ice, it's very difficult to to push and pull and grab guys up and, you know, uh, push them over the the bridge, uh, so to speak, and get them to the other side and make sure that, the team's effort continues to go. I think that's probably, if one thing was probably hardest for Jason, was he did exactly uh, what he could do to be as impactful a player as he was. And he was a great defensive player. He was a real good guy in the room. He was, you know, his work ethic was a great example to the players. But I, I do think it's difficult. And again, although Pronger wasn't the captain, you know, when Chris came there from that standpoint he was able to lead on the ice in a different way and Gator was able to continue to do what he does the best and that's just be a really solid teammate and a good example for all the guys all right Craig Simpson joining us Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers now so Craig uh we've talked a bit over the course of the last few days we're winding down the regular season we know there's going to be changes coming I've stated when it comes to players less is more and I believe that like you know what? You got McDavid. You got Drysaddle. You've seen the importance of Nugent Hopkins. You need to be patient with guys like Paul Yarvey. Uh On defense, you got Clefbaum. You got Nurse. You got Larson. Like there, there's a decent base there to work yeah. on. And I know people like I got guys texting the show. Oh, Shirelli's telling you to say this. That's just established right now. There are not enough. Like, there's no conversations there. So it's not like you're sitting there. To, and you know what I'm talking about here, Craig? Yeah. Like. There, you know, there's no mandate. This is my own personal impression. I, I think Edmonton has to be a bit like Nashville. The last big high-profile free agent Nashville went after was, uh, you know, Forsberg and Korea. Yeah, that's been a long time. Like, you know, and, and yeah, and you can add in the in the periphery, and I, I think that's where the opportunity may arise. With, you know, I, I don't sitting right now today i don't have a list of say okay who's a potential right. uh free agent that isn't a you know uh an eric carlson type uh guy but a, a guy who can fit a significant role and I, i've said many times uh you know even in toronto ron hainsey not a real sexy pick but i look at that uh you know a three minute a night penalty killer and a guy who can play a shutdown role is there that kind of a guy that can sort of settle that defense? Because let's face it, Bob, part of the, I think we mentioned last week, part of the problem is, you know, in some people's mind, you're saying we need an offensive defenseman to, to run with McDavid. And sure, that would be a, a, a great asset to have. But let's not kid ourselves. Defensively, this team was as bad as they've been in a couple of years this year. And I think that's the stability that you're going to need to allow the team to play well in their own end to ignite that offense at the other end. So I think there will be periphery deals. 
But when you even deal about uh, talk about Nashville, you know that's one too that they haven't been afraid to make some pretty significant deals. Right. From, yeah. You know, obviously the Weber one, but Joe you know, Hansen bringing uh, him uh, around and making some deals that you say, okay, you know, maybe there is an opportunity this year. And and Peter Shirelli has put his neck out numerous times, and you and I have talked. You know, he's dealt some big time players. Uh, but I do think here, if you're looking to try to build this team, uh, depending on where the lottery pick comes in, you know, is this not a year where maybe that pick in a prospect can be brought uh, to the draft table and make a really significant deal that can bring in some top quality players that can help you now? All right. I, I, we're kind of talking two different things because, okay. well, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is don't chase the big whales in free agency. Because you always overpay in free agency. You're better off being buyers on day three, four, and five in free agency because that's when players get a little bit more desperate and you might get better deals. Yeah. That's that's different than making trades. And 100%, everybody knows the numbers. I mean, Craig, right now, off the top of my head, I think seven of the top 25 scores in the NHL have been traded. Yeah, Peter Shirelli's been involved in four of those seven <laughs> players being moved. So yeah. he's not been afraid to... And I know the fans are... Angry about the Hall thing. You can't change it. And for the record, and I think you probably feel the same way, at this stage of the game, I actually want Taylor Hall to win. I, I, I'm not one of these guys that it's like, are you happy if you're, you know, your ex-girlfriend yeah. meets a good guy? No, it's like, that, that, right? That train's long gone. Right, that train's yeah, gone. So get over it. It's done. Uh, they got a good defenseman back. They didn't get, you know, did they get Taylor Hall? No, right? I, I want Taylor to win it at this stage. But the Kessel deal that Shirelli made, that was a good deal. He got he got two picks that turned out to be Hamilton and Sagan. Now, people talk about yep. the Sagan deal. That's a different conversation. So he has made bold moves. I'm saying when it comes to free agency, don't overpay for any free agents. Now, if you're talking trade and the picks, what about... Okay, so, Craig, you mentioned the pick. Yeah. You know you're going to have an expansion coming up with Seattle in two years. Yeah. That pick does not have to be protected. Does that change the landscape of the pick for you? Uh, well... Yeah, I mean, who knows right now where exactly it's right. going to be. Uh, so I just think that, uh, you know, you have to look at the depth. And I, I'd be a little concerned that they don't have in their organizational, um, you know, shelf uh, enough bona fide depth. You know, you said Yamamoto, uh, uh, an opportunity. Will he get an opportunity quicker? Sure, he may, and he might find that uh, – He's maybe more ready than we expect, but I don't think that's a necessary given. But I agree I with you. A, a given right now, though, is Bob. You can't afford to not be a playoff team next year. So every move as a general manager has to be to getting back into being an everyday playoff team. So I think there has to be that little stopgap, and I don't disagree with you. I don't think it has to be a top name. You don't have the money and the cap space to make that kind of a move free agent-wise. But I think you have to be a lot better in the core of your team. And what I mean by that, too, is not just, you know, fans get crazy when you talk about third and fourth line guys, but you need to have penalty killers that are reliable all the time that really provide a good balance in your lineup. And as a coach, you have to have confidence and in your role players there that you don't lose the matchup game every night and because you're going to have matchup games with a guy like McDavid on the top and if Drysaddle becomes you know every day the second line centerman 
you got a real opportunity to win some matchup battles because so much focus is on those two. And I, I think that's where really defensively, uh, the core of your team and special teams and most notably penalty killing. And all of a sudden now you're, you're a much deeper team and hopefully you get a bounce back year by your goaltender that you're a bona fide playoff team quickly. We're joined by Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Epstein's mother texts the show at 630, 630. So you're talking about players. What about decisions being made at higher levels. So let's get on to that, Craig, because we talked about it a bit yesterday with Mark Spector. What would you do? Uh, I've said my piece. You know, I think there's been too much change. I don't think you make change for the sake of change. Uh, But I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Well, I'll I'll preface this with, uh, first and foremost, I'm not recommending anybody lose their job. Everybody's got families, they have kids, they have lives, and it's uh, not for me to talk about it. If you're asking for input on you know, where you look at the team's failures or where they've had some troubles, I think as an organization, the move will be made a little bit laterally. I, I don't think they're going to be in a position where they want to do what you're saying is have another head coach and another right. message. But I think on the secondary level, I wouldn't be shocked, Bob, if there's either a wholesale at the assistant level or one or two that are, are changed off. And as I said, I, I understand the business. It's the worst Part of the the life is the, that uncertainty, um, but I just think that if you're looking at the messages that are coming down, I think you have to have, if you're the general manager, a real heart to heart, honest talk with your head coach, and say, what are we missing here? What's not happening? And where can we improve it? And I think I said to you, you know, the guy who probably uh, shuffled his deck more than any other coach I've ever seen, because a lot of coaches like that familiarity with them. They like a guy that they have all the time Mike Babcock in his 10 years in uh, Detroit had 12 different assistant coaches and it seemed for him he liked a different challenge every year he liked a different voice from somebody who would maybe have new ideas or challenge now you know Mike you don't challenge him all that much because that's his rule but um, you know I I think that if I was Peter Shirelli I think that's probably something that you're going to see at the end of the year well, it's interesting because, you know, I don't think you want house cats uh, as assistant coaches, right? And the house cats, they sit there and they rub up against you and then they rub up against an inanimate object like a well, chair. And you realize you realize that, you, and that's the point, like you do have to have a little bit different, which is not, to, we, and we don't know how much uh, difference of views actually get shared amongst the coaching right. staff. We Put it this way, Craig, would we be having this conversation if the Oilers were 8th overall like they were last year? 8th no, in no, offense, 8th in defense. It's, results, and, right. it's a results-based uh, uh, business. And I think the trust factor you have to have in your staff is that you know, you're the head coach. If I'm your assistant, you're the head coach and ultimately the decision on everything runs through you. But you have to be able to give some input that is not necessarily along the same lines as what the head coach is thinking or come up with new ideas when things aren't working. And uh, I think, you know, I, I looked at the, the top 15 scores in the National Hockey League and you look at their power plays. Uh, the bottom is the Philadelphia Flyers are 16th. So you have Claude Giroux at number three and number 15 is Voracek. Uh, after that, you've got... Uh, Kopitar at 14 and McKinnon at 11. All the other nine guys are in one, two, or one, three through uh, nine. Yep. And you've got the top guy at 30th. I mean, that 
to me, is just mind-boggling to begin with, that McDavid could be leading the league in scoring on the 30th power play in the National Hockey League. But, you know, those, again, are things that the top teams and those top guys, you have to have those special teams at, at a level that you do. And, hey, you know, we've all lived it. The game changed significantly uh, for us in Edmonton when you got a player like Chris Pronger. And now you had a penalty killing in the top ten and you had a power play in the top ten. And you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and it's just something that you you got to find a way to get that to a level that might be putting you in the playoffs. We're joined by Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. You know what, Craig? Your power play got even better when uh, at the deadline in 2006 because you added Spashik, right? And yeah, he, he opened different options. He, yeah. get, he he was a right shooting defenseman, right? And he and he and Jace, he and uh, Jared Stoll in your playoff run that year had four one-time open-look power play goals during the course of that playoff. I remember it was, it was, and obviously Pronger, you know, humming them from the, really from the midpoint, that was kind yeah. of where he shot it. And then yeah. you had guys like Smitty that grinded out in front of Lynette and Pisani. But, I mean, you had lots of options there. So, intra- let me ask, just, just for our listeners, because I know you made a joke once. At, the U of A had a coaching clinic during the lockout year in 2005. And, yeah. Uh, I think you took a you, you you had some fun at my expense and said you know uh, having Craig Simpson uh, running the power play or something like that would be like having I forget the exact joke. Anyways, how much how much ownership how much ownership do coaches take like and pride do they take with special teams? Oh, I think that's a, a hallmark of your group. I think you have to be able to change and morph as the year goes along because especially. You know, more and more with the video, you can break down everybody's tendencies, everybody's, uh, uh, you know, breakouts and entries, all that stuff. So you have to always be forever changing and morphing and adjusting to what you're doing. And uh, I think it is really important that my second year on the staff, uh, I went to Craig and said, you know, I'm perceived as the guy doing this work uh, when, in fact, in that first year, it wasn't really my doing. And I said, I'm okay to get the criticism, but just let me then do the job. And at the end of the day, we decide together what we're going to do. But I think it is really important to have some ownership of the decision and say, okay, that is your role. I want you to do the meeting every day so that you can interact with the players. And obviously you do everything and run everything through the head coach. And if he doesn't agree, you're going to adjust and change. But I, I do think that's a really important part of being an assistant on a, on a coach's staff. Craig, uh, you know which, I mean, I, I guess technically, I'm, do you know 100% which series you're working yet? Yeah, 100% Jim and I are doing Toronto. So the, the question now is, are we heading to Tampa or are we heading to Boston? And, you know, Tampa did a nice little... Uh, beat down a bit on Boston, and Boston's got so much hockey down the stretch here. They got the extra game on Sunday that was canceled earlier in the year with yep. the storm, so my my feeling is it'll probably be Boston, but uh, you know they've been pretty resilient, and if they can catch Tampa, it'll be down in Tampa on Wednesday or Thursday. I think Bruce as good a job as Vegas has done. Yeah, he's my second place vote, I think. Cassidy is? Yeah, yeah, he's been great. He's so really you're, kept that team going. You're going to go, obviously, with Gerard number one? Glenn? I don't think you can not. You know, I, the, 
yes, they got a pretty good team, but to take an expansion team, a group that's never played together, and uh, do what he's done has been really, uh, really quite impressive. They get every ounce out of that team. Yeah. It's something to behold. Craig, awesome stuff. Uh, I know you're off doing Leafs this weekend. Final comment just quickly on the Sedins, if you could. Uh, I just think, you know, really classy people. Uh, I, I often talk about my greatest experiences in hockey are are most often not even on the ice. It's with great teammates, great friends, great people, and uh, those having never played with them but been around them for 18 years, just wonderful people that have had uh, really a spectacular career. Craig, awesome stuff. Thank you for your time. All right, Bob. Take care. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, that's Craig Simpson. It's 1254 in Edmonton on the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. This is Orders Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show. Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Some guests on Oilers Now receive certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own. Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Reminder, every Wednesday night, state night at Roos Chris. Go down and see Rebecca and the staff at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120 on date night at Roos Chris, otherwise known as Brendan Ulrich night, I do believe. Hey, if you're looking for a fun in the sun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland. It's the happiest place on earth, at least for the kids. As a guy who's gone six straight years. Fabulous fun, great food, and warm weather. Book now. They do have the ESPN Sports Zone in Anaheim, though. It's a great place uh, within walking distance of the hotel, so you can go there and get your hockey fix in. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes nonstop, not that I'm complaining or anywhere, uh, nonstop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass, all from our friends at New West Travel. Call uh, for reservations to Disneyland. The happiest place on earth. The travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com. Two, Mr. Lube trivia for Canada's leader in car maintenance. It's Mr. Lube. So we talked about Steve Stales. When he was traded to the Calgary Flames, which defenseman did the Edmonton Oilers get back in the trade? 780-496-0063. You can reach us on our River Creek Resort Casino hotline. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with uh, Eileen Bell. We come back, we'll have Al May out of NBC Washington.